Kingdom Business Summit 2023 is here. And this is our biggest and best lineup of speakers we've ever had. This event is two and a half days of high level practical business training. The event is jam packed with the tools you need to scale up your business and deepen your walk with the Lord. Over the two and a half days, I will be bringing some business training as well as a hand-picked group of high-caliber speakers. There's a formal dinner where you can let your hair down and have fun with live entertainment. We will have a worship service where we get together, lift our arms, and praise Jesus. We will have a faith-filled prayer meeting, a networking space to meet like-minded entrepreneurs, an exhibitor showcase area, and we will finish with a time of prophetic ministry where you can get a word directly from the Lord. So if you're looking to scale up your business and at the same time learn how to deepen your walk with the Lord, then I invite you to join me for two and a half days of practical business training at Kingdom Business Summit 2023. Well, g'day and welcome back to the podcast. Hope you had a wonderful Christmas and you're getting some rest. You know, the podcast this year has been excellent. You know, we've had a bunch of views and, uh, and a bunch of reach and, uh, and a heap of, you know, feedback from you guys, which has been a real blessing to me, getting emails and DMs and messengers around how much the podcast is playing a vital role in your kingdom business journey. And we've got even more guests coming and more episodes and 2023 is going to be a phenomenal year for the podcast. But on this one, what I decided to do was grab my favorite parts from the podcast this year and put them all together. So you're going to love this one. We often use the word feeling motivated. That in and of itself, I think is a mistake because I think motivation is a choice, not a feeling. Just like, um, just like happiness or joy. Joy is something you have to choose, not necessarily something you're going to feel 24 hours a day, right? You know, especially in business where there's a lot of things that can go wrong, right? So, so feeling motivated, I think, is a mistake. Choosing motivation is a smart option. You can feel a whole lot of things and still choose motivation. Kingdom business, whatever you want to call it is simply walking with Jesus in business, all right? And, and, we, and I look at that and go, God, it's too simple. The more I've thought about it over the 30 years I've been in this, it's beautifully simple. It's just walking with Jesus in business and letting him lead you where he wants to go. So I'm going to just, just for now, I'm going to do my Robert De Niro, okay? This is for all of you Bobby De Niro fans out there, okay? I can do a little bit of New York for you. I'm not, I'm not good at it. If you're from New York, you're laughing right now like Carlos the worst accent I've ever heard. But if I'm Bobby De Niro and I'm praying, if Bobby De Niro was a believer, I'm not sure if he is. Bobby, if you're watching this, we love you. But if he was a Christian and he was in prayer, this is what he's like. Are you talking to me? Are you are you talking to me? And does something he does, does you know? Are you talking? Are you talking to me? So he's talking, he's like this. Are you talking to me, God? And the father's up in heaven going. Yeah, Bobby, I'm talking to you. Are you talking to me? <laughs> okay, hopefully we're all laughing. <laughs> From your perspective, what is increased thinking or increased living? What does that look like? Increased, uh, the way I present it, it's not a message about money. It's a message about thinking. It's a message about thinking bigger. And as we think bigger, bigger things happen. Now, I'm simplifying it, but that's, that's it in a nutshell. 
And what do we do to begin to think bigger and to think more positive and to expect more? But when that happens, it isn't just the finances that increase. Every area of our life increases, our love increases, our relationships increase, our giving increases, the impact we have on society around us increases. Our whole life just takes on a different dimension. And so finances is part of it, but it's just like the side effect that goes along with some of the other side effects as a result of us breaking scarcity thinking and breaking traditional thinking and begin to think bigger. I want my people to know whether they stay with me or go, that I valued them as a human. Whether they're good staff or bad staff and I fire them, I want them to know that even though they got fired, I valued them as a human. Not because it's good for like reputation, because it's good. <laughs> no other reason. I find it much easier to be kind than not. The not being kind thing and having to keep up the facade, it's just too hard. I've got too many other things to try and work out. So you've got to live that culture at every single opportunity, and it's your job. It will always be on your job description. And as it is right now with the team you've got, you need to be there. You know, you'll be very hands-on with the culture. As you scale a business because you backed out and you add a lot more team members, and maybe that's more locations or whatever, then your the way you do the, the culture bit is going to have to be a little bit different. But what you never want to get is you don't want to scale the business so far that you are so far removed from the team that you can't live out culture too. That's a massive mistake that happens in most businesses. And it's not even that hard to do culture. If you've got a thousand staff, for example, you can literally just block out 90 minutes in your diary once a month and have somebody on your team, because you've got a thousand staff, so other people can do the work. One of your team could organize, they could go to the entire organization and say, if you want to have a meeting with you as the owner, we're doing seven-minute catch-ups. Here's a diary. Book in. And then they just book in that seven-minute time slot. Because you're not there to talk about anything except them as a human. The rest, of the, the rest of the people in the team, the senior management, will look after dramas. So you literally have a seven-minute interview where you go, hey, Shaniqua, so good. You know, like, how are you? How are you? Are you enjoying your job? What can we do for you as a company? What can we do for you as an individual? Is there anything you'd like to tell me? Yeah, yeah, got a problem, whatever. Cool. Hey, you've been heard. You've been listened to. And I'm going to action this because I really value you. Next. Hey, Steve, fix that problem. How do you think they feel? They got seven minutes with you in a thousand-person organization. And even if they don't book in with you, the fact that you invited them to, how do they feel? Valued, included, blah, 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 blah. See, when you've actually developed a heart for people, you want to spend seven minutes with them. You can't be, spent, you can't be spending 45 minutes with everyone on your team. It just doesn't work. But you can condense it down and get real serious and real focused on, on what you want to achieve. But lots and lots of stories of Supernatural. Um, I, I've known you a long time um, and I've, I know some of them. And so, but I just want to throw to you, like, tell us about a time when you saw the supernatural of God in, in farming. Um, well, there are a lot of them. And some of them have been documented through media, so, or been some media event around them. One night I was, we had a hay crop in, and at the start, uh, we were really tight. And 
I needed my crops to be very successful, otherwise, you know, I wasn't as mature as I am now to see those things happen, so I was panicking and eventually I got sick of going out there and praying and going demanding that it would rain and do the things I needed for my crop. I walked out one night and said, Lord, I'm tired. This is your farm. You know it needs water. You resolve it. I'm going to bed. So about 10 o'clock that night, like there was nothing on the radar when I went to bed. 10 o'clock that night, I start seeing flashes around the curtains in the, in the bedroom. I opened up, oh, there's a storm. So I had a look at the radar and there's this tiny little storm that came together straight over our property, dropped about 25 mil of rain, got past the boundaries of our property and dissolved. And I'm like, oh, thank you, Lord. I can sleep easy tonight. That was fantastic. And I woke up in the morning on the news and it's saying the Bureau of Meteorology is amazed. There was no moisture in the air over the NT, but yet there was one little storm just outside of Catherine and it was on our hay paddock. And when we harvested the hay that year, the neighbours had exactly the same just across the fence. They got nearly nothing and we had an amazing crop. So God's good. It's his business. He looks after Praise it. Praise God. One of the hallmarks of success and one of the things that's been phenomenal for me is to have the discipline that every single month I take a portion of my active money and I put it towards passive money. I take some money out of my business that I have to work and grind for every single day and I go and put that into investments that will ultimately produce a passive income. Let's say, for example, you know, that you're able to draw $2,500 a week from your business as a sole trader because you've maxed yourself out. Well, you're about to go and hire your first employee. That first employee, believe it or not, they're going to come and work for you on Monday and on Friday they're going to put their hands out for some wages, believe it or not, right? Well, where do their wages come from? They come from your your ability to take home your two and a half thousand dollars just using that as an example right so let's say that they want half of that 1250 a week i'm just using round numbers you've got to take half of the money you take so you're funding your first employee okay now um you know at the end of week two they want another 1200 and the end of week three they want another so 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 you're basically what you've built this business and now there's another mouth to feed and now there's even more pressure because there's more work, more invoices to cover two people, but you're getting half of the money, right? A lot of people freak out here. They're like, you know, if you do that for long enough and they're like, this sucks, it's not worth it, I'm earning less. But if you can stick to it, right, what happens is the, the work that that first hire is doing for you is going to get paid at some point, right? So then you start getting, you're invoicing more. So now you're only paying them a portion of, you know, the money that they're bringing in, right? And every business will be different. For some businesses, that's one week. At the end of one week, they've made more than they cost you. For some, it's the end of one month. For some, it could be the end of six months or even possibly longer, okay? So you gotta be able to ride that out. Ironically, the businesses where you actually have to fund them for longer before you get a return, usually have much bigger margins so that when it does work, it's really worth it. What year did you get the prophetic word that you're right, six figure checks? Uh, t 2001, two years after 1999. So um, 21 years later, um, are you prepared to tell us the value of the group as it sits today? Yeah, it's about $2.2 billion <laughs> in terms of asset, net asset value, <laughs> maybe a bit more. Anyway, we might revisit that, but I just wanted to kind of put a bow on the fact that that story, you know, like 
Like that's not a huge amount of time, 21 years, right? And, 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 yet, and yet it's a phenomenal outcome from minus 76,000 to 2.3 billion. And, you, and I feel like you're just getting started. Soon you'll put in some big days. Um, <laughs> it astounds me the amount of salespeople that tell their prospect what they want to tell them. And, and if you go to telling, you're not selling, and you will shoot yourself in the foot 50% of the time because you're telling them what they should be thinking, and it's 50-50 whether you're right. If you ask very well-crafted questions throughout your entire sales process, you can never, ever be wrong because it's their answer. And then your job just simply becomes matching up product to problem, right? So if you've worked out their problem through questions, and you've kind of worked out that this is the product to meet their problem, you can ask questions to facilitate them coming to the realization that they need your solution, your product for their problem. But you can ask questions the whole way, and then you're basically, the, you become a consultant for them rather than a salesperson because you just have their best interest at heart and you're gathering information as you go. But most people don't ask anywhere near enough questions. If you slow down the front end of your sales process by asking more well-crafted questions, you'll speed up the yeses because they automatically know, I like you, I trust you, you ask good questions, you've thought this through, you're leading me, we're in rapport, I'm ready to go. More questions. So basically, nothing should come out of your mouth that doesn't start with who, what, when, where, how, or why. Here's what I believe. I actually believe success and failure are the same thing. At school, you're taught success is, you know, like, and failure is like the unpardonable sin, right? If you get things wrong in school. You know what? It might have a place for that setting. But I'm like, talk, it, it sets entrepreneurs up to fail, right? Because coming to the business world, success and failure are the same thing. They are both necessary steps to build something great. They're the same thing. If I look at the body of Christ and I look at marketplace people, do you think by and large most kingdom entrepreneurs are chasing everything God's got for them? Or do you think that there's a, is there an apathy? Um, do you think they could do more? Is there an unknowing? What, what, are you, what are you seeing that happens out there across the body for marketplace entrepreneurs? I think um, entrepreneurs are one of my favorite people groups. They run off a certain level of energy that not everybody runs off of. And I think that that's a divine zeal of God to accomplish something that not everybody has that energy for. And it could be in a certain industry or specific way or whatever. But I just think that it's, it's a special group of people that I think God is actually anointing right now in our generation to do something really specific. Cause I feel like the next great move of God and the next great place that God's going to do the most in is in those entrepreneurial spaces and those new spaces that are emerging that never existed before, like tech and AI and, you know, space travel and all these things that are happening. We're seeing, we're seeing industries born like the aviation industry hasn't moved forward in 50 years. And right now it's moving forward with electromagnetic planes and all these things. There's things that are happening right now, and a lot of Christians are involved with this, or even pioneers of these things, that I think, I don't want to scare anybody, if you're not doing something on that broad of a level, it's still the same energy, it's still the same God. Like, you know, there's something about that, that is going to cause, just like the Renaissance was arts that and literature that moved culture forward, I feel like there's this Renaissance anointing on entrepreneurs and people in business to move something forward that the church doesn't know how to have a conversation about, 
because the church is supposed to be a support and a backbone to it. I love the church, but it's supposed to be a support, a discipleship center, a community family center, a place to give directives and direction, but it's not necessarily the front lines in this next place we're going. And so I feel like it's very special where entrepreneurs are, are holding ground right now, even if they're not necessarily fully in line yet with their identity and how they're doing it. They may have like a, I have to do this, like a work striving mentality. God could correct that easier than yeah. to create the ambition. Yeah. And so I think that people who have ambition right now are the greatest people on the earth. God could sanctify ambition in a second, but he yeah. can't create it. He can't make you have ambition. That's possibly one of the greatest lines I've heard in a long, long time. The anointing for business is for life, not for this year. The anointing for business is for life and not this year. I didn't go into business for 2022. I went into business for life. I'm 43 as I sit here today. I'll be doing business until my very last breath. Now, it won't be the kind of business I'm in now, but the, 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 you know, the, the marketing agency that we own, that'll come and go. Who knows what that looks like in 15 years time. You know, the, the, the property development business, I don't know that that'll be around in that format. I'm, I'm pretty sure it won't. That doesn't matter. The anointing on me is to do business, to advance the kingdom until the day I die. And the reason why I would say that is it pushes out the horizon, allows you to fill your lungs up with air and take a big breath and go, oh, okay, I'm doing this business thing for life. Let's just put in a good year. And next year, let's put in a good year. And next year, let's put in a good year. And I'll play it 100% and I'll work hard and be super diligent. But I'm not going to get frustrated. Can you just take a minute and validate the call to business and, and where it yeah. sits in the kingdom of God? God has called you into the marketplace and it's a holy calling. Like it's, it's a redemptive calling and it's equally as important as the calling that's on my life as a pastor. You're the solution. You are the solution to the, to the needs that you see around you. Your business is the solution. Your business is so important. It's important to God. It's important to humanity. You know, every business plays a role in this. The high calling that is yours as a business person, don't allow the enemy to tell you that you're second class or third path class. So, you know, recognize this is the call of God on my life. The big thing, guys, is to learn what rules your mountain. There are seven mountains, seven M. There's different spirits that rule different mountains. And ours, the, 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 the biggest one on our mountain, the mountain of economics, the mountain of business, if you like, is mammon. There's so many people that want to eat the frosting, but not even take the time to make the cake. All right. Find the journey, the excitement of, of building. I mean, like when we did our first move, it was it was a big deal. Okay. When we got our first 26 foot truck, it was a big deal. Celebrate those little things. You don't eat an elephant all at once. You'd eat it a bite at a time. Uh, just a little statement that God is not the God of relief. He's the God of breakthrough. If we can get that in our heads and I'm not looking for relief, I need the breakthrough. You're going to find that you get through a whole lot more battles a lot quicker. <laughs>